Hello everyone, and welcome back once again to the Good Fight Podcast. It's so great to have you with us again. Uh, and in case you've forgotten, my name's Andrew. And I am Simon. Um, we just want to thank everyone, as we do every week, but we really do mean it, um, for listening to last week's episode and for giving us um, any of your feedback. Um, we really appreciate it, and we, we try to take it into consideration when we're preparing uh, each and every week. So we, we, we are very thankful. But Andrew, what have you been up to this week? Um, well, I've been um, trying not to die from um, water intoxication, but we'll get around to chatting about that um, in a little second. Um, I actually sort of got a wee surprise, um, came through in the post um, actually this week. I got this book um, sent to me. I, I still haven't figured out um, who it's came from, but it's by this guy called um, Watchman Nee. Have you, have you ever heard of him, Simon? You must have uh, a wee secret admirer. It's quite exciting. Uh, no, never actually heard of him, no. But it sounds interesting, definitely. Yeah, I guess it's just going to have to be one of those mysteries of life, I suppose. We'll just have to we'll just have to see what comes out of the woodwork. So what about yourself? What did you get up to? Well, as many of you know, on Tuesday, a lot of the, the self-isolation sort of rules and laws have been relaxed. Um, so that's usually great, you know, but also that, mean, that meant kind of that I had to spend time with you, Andrew. So actually, as you know, we, we went to the park together and I had to see you. I was a bit of a... It was, it was difficult for me, you know, I had to spend time with you, that was that was hard. Um, but also, I've been working in the hospital, and I've actually become quite the vampire, draining hundreds of people of their blood. Um, and also, I've actually been enjoying this random, just been climbing up trees, and there's this big tree near me, and I've never climbed it before, but always wanted to, and this week was the week. Um, and I feared for my life for a wee bit when I was at the top. <laughs> so... How did you get on, Andrew, with the water challenge? Um, well, it was definitely a, a very interesting one, and I hope that none of our listeners actually decided to go ahead with this because we really did not think through the consequences that we're still suffering with today as we both um, did it before we recorded um, today. So I'm just going to keep going up in amounts, and you just keep saying whether you were able to um, drink that much or not. So start us off nice and easy, one litre. With ease, like absolutely. Okay, how about if I double that and make that two? It was perfect. Flowed into my mouth. No worries. Okay, now I stretch it into three litres. Yeah, easy like. Oh, goodness me, he seems to be very confident, very confident. How about if we go all the way to four litres? I did, I got four litres, yep. Is that four litres on the button no more? Sadly, yes. Genuinely, I could, I don't know. I was doing this just before lunch because I thought that I wouldn't be full. But I just couldn't get any more into me. Like, I I don't know. I just felt so grim. I was about to, like, book everywhere. So I was like, I'll just go to four litres. Andrew won't be that good. What about yourself, Andrew? What did you get? Oh, it's victory for me. That extra 500 mils made all the difference. Oh, happy days. Damn it. My days. No, I find that very grim. I've spent, maybe you're this exact same, Andrew. I've spent the last, like, four hours of my day just running to the toilet and I felt, I think I phoned you earlier on, and I felt I was really drowsy, and I felt weak. <laughs> it really didn't help me at all. <laughs> I was wondering if this is sort of what it's going to be like when we're, we're getting much older. We're just going to have to spend all our time in there, to be fair. Maybe that's sort of a pre-warning, I suppose. You never know. It is. Don't get old, folks. <laughs> so I guess it's my turn um, to do the challenge this week. And you'll know this is a, a lot safer one um, than what we had um, for this week. So what I've given, well, I suppose the... The fancy name for it is the, the darts tea bag challenge is what I'm going to call it. So what you got to do, it does, absolutely. 
And obviously in these times of quarantine, I'm sure people have been making lots of cups of tea and all the rest of it. So we want just to get your mug to pop it on there, get the kettle boiling, and then take four big pieces away from the mug and then get your tea bag and see how many of them you can get them. And you get 10 attempts, see how many you can get in. And you can sort of hype it up as if it's like the, the darts final or something, put the extra pressure on and try and get it in the mug. 180. Yeah, it's probably just as exciting as darts, to be honest. Well, it wouldn't be quite 100, did he? We'd sort of be like, one T, two, we wouldn't have the same, but anyway. So we're now going to move on to do the Sammy Sam, and it was my um, choice this week. I'm now going to read Sam chapter 84. Sit back and enjoy the reading of God's word. How lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord of hosts. My soul longs, yes, faints for the courts of the Lord. My heart and flesh sing for joy to the living God. Even the sparrow finds a home and the swallow a nest for herself. Where she may lay her young at your altars, O Lord of hosts, my King and my God. Blessed are those who dwell in your house, ever singing your praise, Selah. Blessed are those whose strength is in you, in whose heart are the highways to Zion. As they go through the valley of Baca, they make it's a place of springs. The earth's rain also covers it with pools. And go from strength to strength. Each one appears before God in Zion. O Lord God of hosts, hear my prayer. Give ear, O God of Jacob, Selah. Behold our shield, O God. Look on the face of your anointed. And this is my favourite verse. For a day in your courts is better than a thousand elsewhere. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of the Lord. The dwell in the tents of wickedness. For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord bestows favour and honour. No good thing does he withhold for those who walk uprightly. O Lord of hosts, blessed is the one who trusts in you. Thanks, man. I really um, enjoyed listening to that psalm there, especially the, the verse 10 that says, For a day in your courts is better than a thousand elsewhere. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God and dwell in the tents of wickedness and one day we are going to be in his presence and man if that doesn't put joy in your soul i don't know what will it's very exciting so um for this episode we are not going to just cover one verse like we did two weeks ago we're not even going to cover two verses like we did last week we're actually going to cover 22 23 24 25 four verses that's very exciting and our theme is simply this god's word isn't just for hearing or for reading god's word isn't just for hearing or for reading so these are um, the verses for today found in james chapter one but be doers of the word and not hearers only deceiving yourselves for if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror for he looks at himself and goes away and at once forgets what he was like but the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. I'm excited for this, this wee episode. So we're going to split this into two. And we're going to first of all look at verse 22 to 24. And we're going to sort of call that basically the deceived person or the deceived one. And then from verse 25, just all verse 25, 
is the second one, and it is the blessed person. So there's the deceived person, and there's the blessed person. So we're going to start, first of all, obviously, at the deceived person. Let's read verse 22 again. It says, But be doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. Deceived by who? Well, James in this verse is giving us a bit of a bitter pill to swallow, so to speak. He's saying if you only listen to God's word, then you're deceiving yourself. But I suppose the question still stands, why are they deceived? Well, maybe people think um, they're doing a great thing by listening to as much of God's word as possible. And that's not necessarily a bad thing in and of itself. But if they don't do anything about it, if they don't do anything about the word that they've just heard and they just read it, they've actually missed the point of God's word and they're not letting God change them through it. It sort of harkens back to what we were discussing in, in last week's episode, that because of this, there's no growth and there's still spiritual babies. The next two verses go on to say, for if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror, for he looks at himself and goes away and at once forgets what he was like. So there's a lot of chat about the, the mirror here, um, but what, what is the purpose of a mirror? Um, you probably never thought about this, and I definitely haven't <laughs> since um, before reading this this verse, but it, it does beg the question. And the first story that it reminded me of, Andrew, um, I love random wee stories, and this reminds me of my first year uni experience. Um, so I was in Belfast um, in Queens for first year of uni, and I was living up there, and I just really wanted to embrace the full uni life, um, because my, my high school, for example, um, it had like a really small wee gym it was like this wee small wee room and there was like a couple of treadmills sort of squeezed into the room and that's all that the gym had to offer whereas when i came to queens it had this huge this massive gym with every um machine um full of confusing and puzzling equipment there's just so much you know in store and i remember while i was reading one of the instructions of how to do one of the machines myself i think it was one of my first days in the gym I looked up and I saw this man and you know in the gyms and like proper gyms there's like these huge mirrors that are like the size of, of people he was right up in basically looking at his own face in the mirror and he was grunting and he was flexing and just stretching in front of him in front of himself and he was just loving what he was saying um he was just checking himself out for at least five minutes and to be honest that isn't the main use um of a mirror they are so useful as, for example, when we look at them to see if we've any toothpaste um, around our mouth before we dash out of the house because we're late for work or to see if our hair is growing satellites at the back in the morning. Exactly. So the man in James's analogy, he isn't like the big gym lad that I saw, just admiring himself. He is using it right. So he, he to an extent anyway. So he is looking at himself and he realizes that there's imperfection um, in his sort of outward or superficial appearance. But the problem is that he doesn't do anything about it. He just walks away and immediately forgets what that imperfection was. And it's like looking in the mirror a thousand times, it, it won't change the fact that he, he still has this blemish. Exactly. So what is this guy missing? What is he, is he not doing? He's looking at himself, he's seeing the imperfection, but he's just not doing something. So basically he should just do something about it. He should get that toothpaste off from around his mouth or fix his hair. So 
you guys may be worrying that um, during the sort of um, economic downturn that we have became sort of mirror salesmen um, as a result of it. I can definitely um, really see myself doing that. Oh, no, wait, hold on. Oh, you just added in a joke there, didn't you? That's definitely not, that's, that's definitely not, definitely not one of mine. Um, but how does this then apply to sort of all this chat about mirrors? And um, how can we relate that then uh, to the Christian life, Simon? So that really well brings us on to the second point. So the first point was talking about the deceived one. This one, this the second point that we want to focus on is the blessed one. Um, to answer your question, Andrew, I'm just going to read verse 25 out. It says this, But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. Well, the perfect law, the law of liberty, I mean, that's no other than the Bible itself. And more than that, James here is comparing it to a mirror. I don't know about you, but my Bible isn't reflective. So, like, what's what's he getting at with this comparison, Andrew? No, he's definitely getting at something um, a lot deeper than that. Um, when we look at a mirror, it tells us what we really look like externally. But when we look or read the Bible, it tells us what we're really like internally what our heart's like. It tells us the truth of how broken and how faulted we truly are. And it's amazing that the Bible has this ability just to sort of diagnose what our heart's truly like. But despite this, despite how useful this is and how vital this is, this isn't the full use of the Bible. If we just use the the Bible for this, then we've kind of missed the point. We've missed the mark on what the Bible is trying to do. So what is the point? is that we need to know, but also apply God's word. And we're going to try and expand on this a little bit there. And we're going to start by talking around the phrase, the law of liberty. As you've already said, Andrew, the law of liberty is God's word. But every time I hear about laws, you just start yawning. And um, you just kind of think all these laws, these are just, you know, out to restrict you, out to take away your fun. Is that right? Well, Paul shares a very interesting um, thought about this in Romans 7, and it says there in the verse 12, so the law is holy and the commandment is holy and righteous and good. Okay, so Paul is kind of making it clear that the law actually is no bad thing, but what's what's the point of it? What's its purpose? purpose? Well, Paul actually goes on to say in, in the same passage there, he states, apart from the law, sin lies dead. So he is saying that we all need the law, that we all need this perfect standard, this sort of yardstick to compare ourselves to. And he's kind of saying that when we do read God's word in any asp- any part of God's word, we will come to this conclusion that we fall short from God's kind of perfect standard from his law. And it kind of reminds us and diagnoses our, our deepest problem. It reminds us that we have this sin in our lives. And when we, when we honestly read through God's word, we can't escape this conclusion. Our YF actually, um, at the minute, have been studying um, through the life of Noah recently in the past couple of weeks. And there was a verse that stuck out in Genesis chapter 8 that said, the intention of man's heart is evil from his youth. Okay, so he's, he's not saying that there's not, just, there's, you know, there's not just some bad egg, some bad people in the world, uh, but the rest of them are very, very good um, and just sometimes do bad things. He's actually making a big, bold statement from no age, from the age zero, basically. He's saying that they all have this problem of sin and that their hearts are counter-God and pro-evil. 
And if that's all that God's word told us, then it wouldn't be the greatest of news. So that covers the law aspect of the law of liberty, convincing us that we are broken and sinful, and it makes us look for the one that is perfect. And the law is so necessary because it points us to the only one who can give us this true liberty, and that's, of course, none other than Jesus Christ. And if all of humanity is so tarnished, so broken, we can't really cleanse ourselves. We can't sort of point out just evil in ourselves and that will hopefully help. Or we can't just sort of try our very best. That that won't, you know, help. We kind of need to, we do need to look outside of ourselves for that salvation. The Bible tells us of the sinless one who took sin upon, our, upon himself, took our wretchedness upon himself, and he paid the price on our behalf. It tells us that we have been made free when we believe and we start this relationship in, with him. Now, we've quoted um, this verse before, but it's definitely worth quoting again because it's such a great one. It says in Galatians 5.1 that it tells us why Christ added and simply says this, For freedom, Christ has set us free. It's a good verse. So we must look into the mirror, that is God's word, that tells us exactly what our heart is like. And then apply the word for ourselves. We must believe and give our all to Christ. And there's such a real danger um, in the comfortable Christianity um, of Northern Ireland all too often is yes to know God's word, maybe know your memory verses, um, but actually find no real need to apply God's word. And that's something that really um, stops our growth. Now, the Bible makes it clear that a Christian is never standing still. They are either backsliding or growing. Peter talks a little bit about this um, in the second letter, and he's talking about important aspects to grow in as a Christian, such as in self-control and steadfastness and godliness and, and a few others. And the verse, there's a verse in it that says, For if these qualities are yours and are increasing, they keep you from being ineffective or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's good. That's good. And that kind of reminds me of another verse in Luke's gospel, uh, Luke 12, 48. And it says, everyone to whom much was given, of him much will be required. They're definitely very um, powerful words. I suppose the more we know of God and his will for our lives, the more we are accountable for actually living it out. So when we open God's word, we should do so seriously and sober-mindedly. Not just sort of making our heads bigger with all this head knowledge, but actually acting with our whole being as we read God's word. James encourages us to persevere in God's word, not just to read and then to carry on living in the same way that we were already living in, but to really to realize the extent of our sin problem and also at the same time, the beauty and perfection of Christ. So throughout our day, we should meditate and, and nearly chew over God's word as we go about our day um, and start sincerely acting on God's word. And I remember my sister telling me, um, so both me and her, we will probably prefer to study God's word in the morning. Some people are a bit different, but um, I think it's a really good way just to start the day off. And, and I remember Emma encouraging me to, when I, re when I read the word, to try and take at least a sentence from it that I would take into the rest of the day, maybe a word, maybe a phrase or a sentence into the day. And any moment that I'm maybe walking to lectures or waiting for a bus um, or 
just bored in a lecture that I would just be start thinking about what I was learning that morning. And that's sort of like chewing over God's word. It sort of reminds me of a, um, just as you've been talking about that other example in Luke 12, it reminds me of one in, in, in Luke 9 where Jesus says, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. Something that probably most of us have heard so many times and know it, but rarely actually live it out. And here it is, Andrew, the much anticipated mention of Francis Chan this episode. But he, Francis Chan, gives this amazing analogy. And he says the following. So he says, imagine I was talking to my daughter and I said, you know, go and tidy your room. And imagine that she heard him and she went to her room and she sat down in the room at her desk and she started to study more about what her father just said. Go and tidy your room. And what that really meant for her. Then she would text around all of her friends um, and they would gather together and then they would study exactly what her dad just said. And then they would maybe go back into the Greek then, the Greek original, and try and work out the thought flow of maybe what he just said. And then imagine Francis saw her, her his daughter um, in the kitchen and he asked her, have you done what I said? She would be like, no, 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 no. <laughs> but I've, I've memorized what you said to me. And I can actually say it in Aramaic, backwards, if you want to hear it. In reality, she has missed the point. Francis wanted her daughter to hear and obey his word. But she did everything up to actually obeying the word. Now, we just want to say that memorizing scripture and doing group Bible studies and small groups and all those things, that they're amazing and they should definitely be something that's encouraged and it's definitely important. Yet, if that's where our faith ends, so to speak, and there's no real application, then it's all in vain. Absolutely. James says in the next chapter, in chapter 2, and I quote, For as the body apart from the spirit is dead, faith apart from work is dead. And Martin Luther, the great reformer, he famously summarized um, this sort of passage in, in James chapter 2, and he says the following, we are saved by faith alone, but the faith that saves is never alone. And finally, James says we will be blessed when we start hearing and doing the word of God, where there is no disconnect between our spirit and our body. I recently, during quarantine, read a book called Release of the Spirit um, by Watchman Nee. Whoa, and whoa, he, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> who did you just say? What? <laughs> Watchman Nee. Hmm. Interesting. Anyway. I just love any Asian Christians. They're actually my favorite. Francis Chan, Watchman Nee, they're all great. And he, st- he starts the his book with the following quote. Anyone who serves God will discover sooner or later that the great hindrance he has in the Lord's work is not others, but himself. So we need to fight against the disconnect between the spirit and the body and actually living out our faith. We are so often steeped with so much truth, but we really need to grasp it and live it out. The only way that can be done is through submission and obedience to the word of God. It may not be easy, but it will definitely be worth it. And we just want to close the podcast with this thought, just wherever you are, just ponder these words and chew over them even this week and in the times to come. Which one will you be? Will you be the deceived listener? There's not much growth happening and you're just carrying on as, as just normality. Or to be the blessed doer who hears God's word, 
but then acts and makes the change and lives it out. This has been challenging uh, for us just as we prepare um, and to, to keep each other accountable as we we hear so much of God's word. It's so easy to, to access it just on our phones or podcasts um, like this one or YouTube of different sermons and stuff. But it's actually doing that, doing the word is the, the, the really important part of, of how we should live. So thank you guys for, for joining us for episode nine um, of the, the Good Fight podcast. It's so great just to have you with us. Um, I hope you have a great week um, and enjoy some of the great weather um, that we are having. Um, so God bless and we will uh, hopefully hear from you soon.